Love Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it is time for The Art of the CEO, the, sh- the show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. I am Bart Jackson, your host, the Hieronymus Bosch of business, and whether you are a movie marketer trying to target that special audience like James or CEO of a painting company trying to mesh high quality with tough costs like Ryan, we're here to bring you the Sage Council of Business Masters to help your career and your business. Today's episode is entitled Managing for Innovation tips and blunders. Yes, today we're going to take that overworked but oh, very necessary buzzword, innovation. And we're going to show just how managers can blend that exciting feeling into their team and the whole organization. So how do you inspire, fulfill, and credit your employees' dreams of company improvement? Well, fortunately, we have today with us Mr. John Sarno uh, on hand to help us. And John is uh, an honest an honest attorney, a professor, an entrepreneur. He's president of the Employers Association of New Jersey, which is a, a very dynamic and powerful group. And John's also an amazing expert on the healthcare system, which is one of today's most complex uh, Gordian knots in all business. And he unsnarls this and other problems for his students at the Rothman Entrepreneurial Institute at Fairleigh Dickinson University. He is also an author, and every American, and definitely every business person, should read his book, Perils of Prosperity. In short, John is is the kind of guy that business leaders turn to when they require a little objective wisdom on some very practical problems. In fact, if you want to grab some of that wisdom after the show, you can visit uh, org and click on one of his webinars. Or you can click on Bart's Books blog, B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S-B-L-O-G, and you can find an amazing show, which John and I did on May 29th at the Book Expo panel in New York. We had a, a great time there. It was a lot of fun, and we were premier sponsors, and we put on a panel discussion, and we solved um, we solved many problems, but um, before we solve all your managerial and innovative challenges, let me take just a few moments to supply you out there with a few utensils for the feast that we're about to dig in on. First, as I always do, allow me to remind every single person hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. Uh, and that is the most important rank you will ever hold. Will this be the day that you apply your unique and valued skills in the same old manner at work? Or will this day uh, have you hold, find you pausing and holding your abilities up to light and finding a way to improve them? The choice is truly yours, my friends. Second, it is time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. So let me pull it out. Okay, thumb through, 55, 51, 54. Okay, here it is. Uh, it says, 
It has always been our policy to allow telecommuting to those employees who have proven themselves to be most egregiously annoying. In fact, in their case, we encourage it. <laughs> so, as an afterthought, uh, you may realize that the, uh, as cantankerous as this sounds, at least the CEO who muttered it was giving some individual concern to his employees. And I ask you, Mrs. Business Leader, how are you working to distinguish your team as individuals in your own mind and in theirs? Just a thought. And the third utensil, perhaps we should call today's utensil the, the pork prong, we will give you the answers to today to last week's business quotation. Today, before we leave the air, we'll broadcast another quotation, and we invite you to email us who you think the author to be. Simply write down the name and email it to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you're right, we will announce your name on the air. This week, the author of last week's quote, the individual who said, we hang petty thieves and appoint the great ones to public office, was none other than the famed storyteller of Elve, Aesop. So now, let us dig into today's feast with the expertise of Mr. John Sarno. I must tell you all that John came on to join me in the Stage at Book Expo at the Javits Center uh, last week, and we, as I mentioned earlier, we had a great talk, and John gave many insights on why business uh, leaders need to read more and read more in depth, and at the same time, what we as publishers need to do to make books that are going to work for the business community. It was a, a great show. John, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great, and thank you for that uh, wonderful intro, and uh, it's wonderful to be with you again today and continue our discussion. Yeah, it was. And uh, now, John, I know we're here to talk about breeding innovation, but before we get into that, I was wondering if you could just tell us um, a little bit about business leaders and reading. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to a man who has read the entire Affordable Health Care Act himself and found many things on it. What is, give us a message. Give the, the, the business leaders out there a message about why they need to read more and one or two things you think they should be reading. Well, uh, reading um, is, is a very uh, dynamic process, and uh, I think it's required for context. I think a, a lot of times we work, uh, it sometimes feels like uh, our work is in a vacuum, uh, we're not mm. able to see the bigger picture, and you know. um, I think reading allows us to make connections, to connect some of the dots that might appear uh, uh, disparate, and really gives us, uh, hopefully, um, substance to our work and, and, and context to our work. Um, we have individual goals that we want to achieve, but uh, work can also be a a social a social process. We we want to accomplish, accomplish things not only for ourselves but uh, for our organizations and and for our community. And I think uh, I think reading and and speaking too, talking uh, is a big part of that. Discussion is a big part of that. I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you did. And for those listening out there, I think, um, again, I'll, let me say that uh, one of the things I think we all should be reading is John's book, The Perils of Prosperity. John, could you give us a few sentence summary of this book? <laughs> That's not easy. Well, and could well, you also me, tell us where yeah. the folks could get hold of it? Sure. Well, um, 
I, I wrote it really to teach class. Uh, as you indicated, I teach uh, executive MBAs. And um, the, the, the time I started writing it, we were in the middle of a, a brutal recession. Uh, we were uh, traumatized by a uh, financial panic. And I felt this overwhelming need to write down what I knew, what I was teaching, because quite frankly, uh, we weren't quite sure where we were going to be tomorrow. And um, yeah, yeah, the, 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 the real core feature of the book is, is, is kind of what you were saying in, in your intro, uh, what I call the um, innovation ethic, which is um, related to the work ethic. It's, it's re- re- related to working with, 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 uh, with pride, but it's also working mm-hmm. about with uh, heart and soul. And that's something that anybody could do, can, can, can aspire to do. You don't have to be an inventor to be, to, to be an innovator. You don't have to be uh, a college-educated person to work with uh, heart and soul uh, in, in addition to your, in, in your head. So it was something I really wanted to infuse the, the um, class with, my students with. And, of course, I used a lot of case studies. And, um, sure, uh, it can be. Uh, it, you want to know where 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 you can get it? Well, you can get it online in any of the major uh, major uh, websites. Okay, I thank you. Well, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's. I'm glad you you brought up the point that innovation is no respecter of impressively high rank. Anyone can do it. Everyone who uh, loves and wants to get behind his company can do it and should be doing it. And so, what I'm going to ask you though is is I mean, you hear it at every business conference. You hear leaders talking about it. But you see a lot of people. At the, do, you think, um, any, the, do you think that businesses, by and large, are trying to improve the climate for innovative uh, moves fr- from their employees? Or, or, or are we just uh, dealing with a lot of seminar subjects and lip service here? Uh, a little bit of both, I think. Um, <laughs> the thing about the, uh, innovation, and, and it's actually related to your quip about the uh, telecommuting. Um, mm. it, when someone's working with uh, contributing what they know, uh, and again, you don't have to be an inventor for this, but we all have, we're all ingenious in, 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 in many ways. We all have know-how. We all have ingenuity that is uh, synthesized at work, working with others. And this is an act of free will. You can't force people to be creative. It's a voluntary <laughs> act. And, and that's, right. that's the key principle. It requires people who voluntarily want to share and contribute what they know. And um, you need an organization which facilitates that, and you need a leadership which nurtures that. And, you know, so... Uh, take uh, that that's really the key principle of of uh mm. my research and and uh what I'm trying to get across in the book. Okay. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. And ladies and gentlemen, that is a quill pen moment. I hope you'll dip your writing instrument into the inkwell and jot it down that any person has the ability to make that free will gesture of innovation. It's something that you all have within us, and I'm, I'm glad that you uh, – and it, it is a matter of volition. It's not a matter of being voted into a position, and I'm and glad then, that and you then brought the question that up. Is, right, and then the question is what kind of organizations, business models, um, 
are necessary to allow people to voluntarily make a contribution to the success of the company. So obviously, well, a, I tell a you, I know. Control, I, I think. How about the old command and control? I'm the boss. I tell well, you to do, and I say we need innovation. Doesn't that work? Well, you can't force that out of people. And in fact, if you try to, um, you know, the the the, the uh, I will only do so much as to avoid your avoid your discipline. Um, right, right. As opposed to a sustained effort to make a contribution to the greater good. See, that you're not going to be able to force me to do. That you need a, a culture, and you need managers, too, who understand that um, they're working with peers, they're working with partners. Mm-hmm. Um, the technology, some of our technology can facilitate this peer-to-peer uh, uh, interaction. Um, and transparency is very important because if I know what you're doing and you know what, what I'm doing, then uh, the group tends to manage itself too. So um, it's really a, a, a virtuous uh, cycle that you see at the, at the very best companies, I think. Well, you mentioned something right there, and I think uh, that uh, let's talk a little bit about idea flow. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the you you say that you know that you, you say things have to be transparent, but it's it's not only I see it's not just to be able to be seen, but you have to actively circulate uh, new ideas and and hold them up for uh, examination and criticism, but but just be seen by the people who are going to be affected by them. What uh, I was wondering if you could if you have one or two good models that you've seen for encouraging and rewarding innovative ideas and getting the uh, the um, and getting inflo- uh, ideas across right well one model you, you want to avoid at all costs the hoarding of information I think you know um, Absolutely. Uh, you, you know the, the 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 standard view that information is power and and um, the yeah. more information I have the more I can exploit it to my benefit and um, you know I'll hoard information if that furthers my interests I'll share it uh, when that furthers my interest. See that that see that kind of bureaucratic model really is highly dangerous, if not fatal, to any organization that's trying no. to uh, refine a product, offer a new product, get into a new market. Uh, you really need people who um, have uh, kind of shared authority uh, laterally. Um, and again, who are willing to share because your success is my success. Um, so you can you right. can look at how people are paid. You can look at in, uh, other incentives to facilitate that. But um, the idea is to break down the uh, the hoarding instinct, uh, the mm. fear, the fear that if I share or if I'm transparent then, uh, you know, my boss will know that I'm not really, uh, you know, doing what I need to be doing. So, you know, you need, I, you need supportive environment there. as well. I think that's absolutely true. Uh, I've always said that uh, information is a lot like love. It works best uh, when the more you give it away, the better the better it's going to work for you. And uh, Well, it's also a lot like is, love because it expands. That's right. That's right. And... If, you, if the people who you really see uh, making those meteoric rises are people who have worked very hard to come up with ideas or who set themselves up 
as a knowledge base for one or two particular aspects in their in their firm, and then to bring it on and share as widely as they possibly can. Don't you want a lot of people to know uh, your expertise? Well, you know, I mean, but I understand that I understand the instinct is you know I've I've got this stuff and I don't want you know that's that's my power. Uh, but, well, it's uh, simple, though, because if you were the only – that's why I read the Affordable Care Act, right? I mean, what good right, is yeah. reading the Affordable Care Act and then keeping that to myself? Right, I mean, exactly. it, it does no – it makes no contribution. It, it does nothing <laughs> to know something without sharing it, and it's that sharing within an organization that brings you a new product, that refines yeah. an existing product. That, that, that's that, – that you, you cannot succeed without sharing. Yeah, yeah, that's a you know that's a part of the scientific method that that we always forget. That's the last step. Is that after you've worked this all through, done your experiment, come up with your conclusions and so forth, you have to tell somebody that you have found that water boils at 212 degrees, and then you're good. You have to discuss it because the person out who's sitting in Mile High City in Denver is going to have a different conclusion. You've got to, You've got to. Uh, it's all part of it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a risk. we have come to sort. I'm sorry. I was just going to say it's a. It's, I'm just going to say it's a risk because once yes. that gets out into the public domain, then you have competition. So, but that should right. feed yeah. additional innovation too. Yeah, very good point. We've come to the the midpoint of our feast, and I'd like to just take a brief survey, if we may. It's time to introduce the company by whose good graces we are here today, and that firm is Prometheus Publishing creator of Bart's book's Ultimate Business Guides, and you may visit um, Prometheus at bartsbooks.com, B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and explore a wide wealth of business tools from some amazing people who have uh, been in the trade a long time and have a lot of expertise to pass on. And Prometheus Publishing, we also want you to know, is coming uh, to you fresh this very evening in Plainsboro, New Jersey, from 5 to 8 p.m. tonight, live and outdoors. We will be flogging our wares and showing you the books you need to have at the Plainsboro B- Business Showcase. It's part of the Princeton Regional Chamber uh, effort, and of which we are proud sponsors, by the way. You So come to our booth, table number four. We are right near the stage where the excellent uh, Mahoney Brothers will be putting on their Long Live the Beatles show. And for those of you who remember, you do not want to miss this. It's going to bring back memories that uh, had lined, that had that have uh, been lying too far dormant for too long. Come over, see us, see the Beatles. Ladies and gentlemen, it'll be a, it'll be a fun night. Um, and so now, to all the folks out there who are ladies and who are gentlemen or those who fall into neither category, we are back with our legal, legal, and employment and innovation expert, Mr. John Sarno. And, John, I wanted to uh, ask you a little bit, uh, one of the ways, one of the the, the best ways to get new ideas through a, is through a dynamic business organization. And uh, certainly the Employers Association of New Jersey, which you head, is that. Could you tell us a little bit about what EANJ is and what it offers? Well, EANJ is, a, is an employers association uh, by virtue of its name. And um, 
We, uh, we have member employers who uh, subscribe to the service, which is primarily uh, labor and employment law and training and uh, certification class and um, HR-related issues. And then, of course, our right. big innovation is the, um, a, an employer's health care trust, which is um, oh yes, that's re- really that's really uh, front and center. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, um, what I uh, one of the things is uh, many companies today have established an innovative team or creative department, and that can work well or it can work disastrously. Uh, what do you think about someone who's, who's put on the innovation team? Uh, say, should their group's mission be to generate all the ideas within themselves, or is their mission a little more to reach out and encourage um, inflow from all sources? What do you think? Well, uh, you know, it, it really depends on the product line uh, of, of uh-huh. the company, but, gener- but generally speaking, um, you know, innovation is not a, you know, the province of, of the elite few, uh, as, far, as far as I can see. Um, and, you know, and it should be as diffused as possible. Now, if there's a team, uh, that team really, in my view, should be decentralized throughout the organization um, ah, and should be okay. more democratic, if I can use that word, than mm-hmm. autocratic. So, you know, I think right. there's no... There's no you know, uh, magic bullet for an organization, for, but, but they'll have to pick and choose. But by and large, my default option is to uh, have a more decentralized uh, mission uh, for, for, for that team. You know, I, I really have to agree with you. I uh, just uh, making a man innovation director does not make him innovative. And besides, you really... Uh, only have you yourself only have so many good ideas within you and it's like playing tug of war with yourself against 50 other folks in the plant i bet the other 50 are going to win and it's the same thing with uh with ideas and again it all goes back to the model of how does you as the innovation team foster not only foster but keep them going so they don't fall through the cracks uh I think that's a big problem. Is, is ideas do tend to fall through the cracks when they, when they get measured, even if they're appreciated, right, John? Well, uh, you know, it's tr- it's tricky because there's uh-huh. really no incentive for employees to contribute what they know. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 in, it's mostly external rewards, uh, unless right. you know right. we're we're fortunate enough to serve serve customers, serve members. Uh, yeah, yeah. Serve, serve others, which which can you know also be balanced out with with uh, intrinsic rewards and and, and self worth, but but most people sure, work sure. for a paycheck, and you yeah, know yeah. it's 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 external, and um, I'll do enough basically just to keep my job, so um, mm-hmm. you you can't you really can't blame employees because they're they're not they're not in, they, there's no incentive for them to contribute anything other than what they're paid to do this this is this is the core my core point really is that it's really an ethical consideration 
Um, mm. it, it's really about meaning, the meaning of the company. What are we here for? What are we trying to do? If our only goal is to make a profit, then that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's not expect people to make meaningful contributions and contribute because the only thing they're working for is an external reward and in a bottom line, in a bottom line figure. You know, so, you so know, innovation, there, innovation has, I, in my mind, needs to be mission-driven, and, and there has to be more meaning in people's work and in the, in, in the reason why the organization is there, why it exists, okay. than simply, than Very simply well making played. a buck. Right. You know, it's, it's the, the CEO, CEO who stands up and, and has the rallying cry of, let's fill the company coffers. Just, as you say, yeah, that ain't going to go nowhere too fast. And uh, on the other hand, um, I have seen in my own experience the fact that compensation is not all financial. And I, I can recall one case that a fellow told me where the, uh, he had done something, he had worked out a computer system for uh, his, his major, uh, a major government agency that did not have it. He'd worked it out, and the boss called him in, the head of the company called him in and said, I just want you to know that you are a player here, that you are one of the most important people. And he did this in his glass office, outside his office, in front of everybody, and said that you're a player and that you are always going to be with us here and that you have what we need in this company. And that in its... And he... This was not a man who... Uh, did this such praise came out like uh, high-priced wine? It was it was rare and rarely served indeed, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was it just it made all the difference. So there are ways and ways to compensate you. You as a manager, I think, have to look and see that. Well, listen, you know, money is important, and and I like oh, money, yeah. and money and money is good. <laughs> but I, right. I I tell my I tell my students that if you know they they have forty plus year careers ahead of them, and right. uh, lawyers too. And if that's all you're doing it for, if that's all you're working for is the dollar, then you're going to be miserable or, or, or no. you, you, you're not going to find joy in what you're doing. And I think, uh, you know, joy is, is a big part of, I mean, let's face it, we have good days and bad days, and, and, oh, and sure. there, are times where, there are times where, you know, let's, it, it, it's a drag. But um, yeah. there, there, there has to be a, a greater mission. Now, you may not be able to buy into the company mission. That's right. what I'm saying. There's an ethical component. You can have a personal mission. Your mission could yeah. be the best yeah. that you can be at what you're doing and, fe- right. and be faithful, faithful to your own self, faithful to your own core principles, mm. and you, know, you don't have to buy into the company mission if you don't want, yeah. but that, that's not an excuse to uh, be to, to uh, hand in sloppy work, to be miserable at right. work, uh, and to be and to have that chronic uh, short-term uh, uh, attitude. So um, praise that's, is that's good. That's very good that that so often you're doing that if if you can't please yourself with what you're doing. I mean, you may not be absolutely in love with uh, the major mission of the company. I mean, it, it, may, it may be moral to you. You may not be against it, but certainly you have to find what sparks you. Each employee does have to do that. And, and sometimes the other yeah, thing yeah, is, 
Go ahead. No, well, sometimes the employer, you know, the boss has to take a risk because, you know, what employees hear, and they're trying, what employees hear is, no, we tried that. No, that's not a good idea. Uh, No, it won't work out. And it could be that it's not a good idea or it might not work out, but every once in a while you have to at least um, uh, allow for something to take hold. And then if it fails, it fails. Um, And, uh, you know, you don't have to be investing a tremendous amount of money into a project. It's it's really about determining, seeing whether the, the employee can take ownership of their own idea and then you don't punish them if it fails. But if all they hear is no, it's been tried, it can't be done, uh, we did that uh, 10 years ago and it didn't work, then that's going right. to suppress spirit is what it's going to do. I think you're right. John, this has been an excellent uh, run for us. You have given us a lot of insight and a lot of things to think about. And I hope everyone here has a a new handle on innovation within their company. I know I certainly do. And I'd like to thank you for that. Well, now that I've uh, shot off my mouth, I'll have to walk the walk now. (laughs) Uh, But as we round out the show, I just want to leave you with today's business quotation. And that is, If you had to identify, in one word, the reason why the human race has not achieved, never will achieve, its full potential, that word would be meetings. Now, I ask you, who do you think that might might have said that? And I shall tell you that the gentleman who did say it held in spades what most business meetings do not, laughter. And if you remember, if you know the the, uh, name of that author, again, just write the quote as best you remember and the author's name. Send it into Bart's info at bartsbook.com, and uh, we will see if you're a winner. And as a final parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, may I say that the greatest leaders are those who view themselves as team members who happen to who just happen to be leaders, not not superior individuals who have finally risen to the rank they so richly deserve. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a privilege. I thank you. Good afternoon.